This is Taekwon Lewis. You're listening to Dash to the Draft on Sports Crunch. Welcome back to Sports Crunch with D. Crom, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, David Cromwell. This is the third edition of our Dash to the Draft Marathon this week, which will bring you seven new episodes in eight days. And today, we continue with our division-by-division draft previews with a look inside the NFC South. The NFC South was the NFL's most competitive division last season, but each team has some serious questions to answer in the draft. Do the Saints use their picks to go all-in on one to two more years with 39-year-old Drew Brees? Or do they do all they can in order to secure his heir apparent? How should the Panthers reload an aging roster with several soon-to-be-retiring cornerstones around Cam Newton? Who do the Falcons need to draft in order to help recapture their Super Bowl level of play from 2016? And last but not least, what is the best plan for the Buccaneers in this draft that will let them become a playoff-caliber team? It was a pleasure having Trevor Sykema on the program to help us answer these questions. Trevor covers the Buccaneers and the NFL draft for pewterreport.com. And without further ado... Here is Trevor Sycamore's analysis on what the Buccaneers, Panthers, Falcons, and Saints should do in the 2018 NFL Draft. It's a pleasure to have you on, Trevor. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. And without further ado, let's talk about the team you cover, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are sitting pretty with the seventh overall pick. Given the run sure. on quarterbacks, they should have a golden opportunity to grab one of the blue chip prospects. And let's say... The best case scenario, both Quentin Nelson and Saquon Barkley are still on the board for Tampa at seven. Who would be your first choice for the Bucks in that scenario and why? Ooh, um, are we talking about who who I think the Bucks are going to pick or who I would pick personally? Uh, who would you pick? What they're going to do is anybody's guess. Okay, that's, you know, that's that's very true. I think, you know, if I'm the Bucks at 7 and those guys are on the board, I think I'm t- I'm, I think I'm taking Quentin Nelson. Uh, I I know he is either going to be my number 1 or my number 2 overall player. And even though the Bucks upgraded their offensive line a little bit by getting Ryan Jensen in there, I think that Quentin Nelson, they still definitely have a need at one of their offensive guard spots. J.R. Sweezy is there. Right now, Caleb Beninock's kind of a swing guy that they might be able to plug and play there. But I just think that if you solidify the guards of Quentin Nelson, then you have Ryan Jensen at center and Ali Marpet at the other guard. I think that is a world of a difference from the offensive line that we saw last year. And, and you know, I believe they can get some other kinds of gems, including running back, passing over Saquon Barkley here. I think they can get those guys later in the draft. Yes, and another player they're reportedly heavily considering at that seventh overall spot is Derwin James from up the road at Florida State, the freakish athletic safety. Uh, would you take Derwin James ahead of Saquon Barkley if uh, you were uh, Jason Light? I would. I would take him uh, over Saquon Barkley. And I, I, a lot of Buck fans, if they're listening to this podcast, are probably ripping their hair out hearing me say that. But I'm not big on picking a running back in the top 10. I'm really not. That's why I would solidify trench play first and foremost. But I also think that Derwin James is a a rare player, especially at the strong safety position that is so much about mismatches. You know, you're going up against taller tight ends. You're going up against running backs. You're having to rush the edge. I just think that Derwin James does that so well. And I think pairing his athleticism with that of, Justin Evans at the free safety spot makes for a really rangy back end there for the Bucks secondary. So I would actually, yeah, take him over Saquon Barkley. 
And given that, let's uh, come up with our ideal four-round haul for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Due to the Jason Pierre-Paul trade, they only have three picks in the first four rounds. So at seven overall, it's Quentin Nelson would be best-case scenario. But if he's not there, then it'll be Derwin James. How about at round two at 38 overall? I think you... If uh, you really want to get that running game going, I think this is where you have to take a stab at that running back. Yeah, I actually think that running back is a pretty a pretty good sweet spot uh, there for the Buccaneers. I think a guy like Sony Michelle, Ronald Jones, Nick Chubb, any of those guys that are left there at the top of the second round. I think it's a little early for Rashad Penny. So I think those are probably some guys there. And then cornerback, cornerback would be the other option that I think that, you know even if the Bucks go strong safety. With Derwin James, I still think the corner, outside corner, is an option for them there. A guy like Jair Alexander, perhaps Mike Hughes, Isaiah Oliver, something like that. I don't think Josh Jackson is going to fall that far. Maybe a couple of those guys weren't. But somebody is going to have to from that group, and I think that's a, that's a sweet spot for them to capitalize on that corner need, too. And based on what I've read from some people on Twitter, Mike Hughes is expected to be the guy that falls. So, And it would make sense. Hughes is right up from the road at Central Florida. So uh, let's say they take Derwin James at seven because I personally think Quentin Nelson it won't fall uh, okay. lower than six to the Colts. And let's give them Mike Hughes at 38 for 102. Do you go with that running back or do you give uh, Jameis Winston more protection? Because this is a very deep class for guards. Yeah, it's got to be a running back. I mean, if that's how it, if that's how it comes out, if I think it's Derwin James and then Mike Hughes, I think a running back is the next option. I think a guy like Rashad Penny, uh, perhaps a Mark Walton, perhaps a John Kelly, something like that. Not sure where those guys' range is at this moment, but something like that would probably be an option. It's got to be one of those running backs. We know they've brought in Rashad Penny for a private visit. It would just kind of be whether or not he is there or not. And moving from the Buccaneers to the Carolina Panthers, and they are a team that's facing a bit of an upcoming transition here, and thus they could go countless different ways at 24. They need more help at wide receiver, defensive end, cornerback and safety, offensive line, especially on the interior, given the departure of Andrew Norwell in free agency, plus the looming retirement of Ryan Khalil. And also linebacker could be surprisingly a need, given the fact that Thomas Davis will also retire after this season as well. What would your number one priority be if you were Marty Herney at this spot? If I'm the Panthers, and I've said this for a little bit now, like wide receivers gotta be the top need, uh, at least a pass catcher, something like if you if you can convince yourself that Dallas Goddard is the guy at 24, okay, but then wide receivers, man, I mean, uh, DJ Moore, potentially Calvin Ridley, uh, somebody like that. I mean, even a sleeper pick might be Equiminius St. Brown that we might see as a potential option at the end of round one for the Panthers. But although all of those needs that you said are certainly there for the Panthers and they'll be able to address those a little bit later, I've got to think that wide receiver has to be the pick here for them. Yeah, so let's give them DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley at 24. And in round two with 55 overall, uh, I think you have to start looking at what interior linemen are left, uh, potential centers uh, that could still be left because Ryan Khalil is retiring. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think ideally they'd love to get a guy like James Daniels from Iowa. Uh, I think he would be a great pick. I just don't think that he lasts that long. Um, another guy, obviously, Frank Ragnow, to see if he would last that long as well. Uh, I think either of those guys would be fantastic picks there. Um, it's a little early for a guy like Mason Cole or something like that. So I think that they're hoping one of those interior players slides a bit. I think Ragnow is probably more realistic, although he would even be a stretch there too. I'm not sure. Oh, yes. I don't think Ragnar will fall to 55 based on what I've been hearing from uh, people on Twitter lately. So uh, if they can't go interior offensive alignment there, where do they go? Uh, defensive end, uh, secondary help, or linebacker even? I think that 
like Jesse Bates would be a good guy for them, I think, the safety from Wake Forest. So I, I think Jesse Bates is certainly going to be there around the second round. So I think I'm with you. I think they'd, they'd like to go interior. But if they can't get anybody on the interior there, uh, let's plug them in, get in a safety. Let's give them Jesse Bates. Sounds good. So we've given them DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley at 24, whichever receiver they like best of the two, and Jesse Bates from right up the road at Wake Forest at 55. And they have two third-round picks due to the Kelvin Benjamin trade that went down uh, last year during the season. And pick number 85 that they got from that trade, uh, who do you think uh, they should get there? Again, like I think that one of these picks is probably going to be a wide receiver again. Um, and so let's just say I'd love for that. You know, I think stylistically, Deshaun Hamilton makes a lot of sense from Penn State. Uh, they like to do – they're obviously going to do a lot of more quick hit stuff, getting Christian McCaffrey more integrated into the game plan. Being that weapon with him out of the backfield, I think that they could use um, another player – in the slot that could almost kind of perform the same way. I think they might be able to have a mismatch nightmare situation where if a team they're going up against has a player that could match up pretty well with one of them, they've got two of them. And I think that's a little bit better of a pairing. I know they have Curtis Samuel, but I'm not sure what they're doing with him there. Obviously Hamilton is a, is a much more polished receiver in that aspect. So let's give him Deshaun Hamilton at one of those. And then for the second, third round pick, you know, they could use, I do think that they could use a corner, and I'm trying to think of a guy that might, you know, what somebody like MJ Stewart, I think it, it, MJ Stewart, Quentin Meeks. I'm not sure how far those guys are going to fall, but I do like some of the tape with both of those guys. So I would be cool with either of them being my third round pick if I am Carolina and those were kind of the picks that I've had beforehand. Oh boy, that is more than ideal four round haul that you just came up for the Carolina Panthers, Trevor. And now from the Carolinas down to Georgia with the Atlanta Falcons who are looking to recapture that Super Bowl magic from 2016. And the latest buzz surrounding the Falcons has them heavily targeting defensive tackles, especially given the loss of Dentari Poe in free agency, plus the fact that Grady Jared is coming out of contract after the season given their salary cap situation and their need to re-sign Matt Ryan, they might not be able to afford to keep him. And one name being constantly linked to the Falcons as of late is Florida's Taven Bryan. If Taven Bryan or, say, Maurice Hurst out of uh, Michigan, two uh, potentially elite interior disruptors are still on the board for the taking at 26, do you think the Falcons should snatch one of those two, or do you think they should address another position of need like guard or even wide receiver? No, I, I don't think the wide receiver, the wide receiver value is not going to match. Um, the only other option I would think is is maybe if you're picking Will Hernandez there at 26, but from the names that you said, I mean, Taven Bryan and Maurice Hurst, you're not picking him over those two guys, especially if they're there. Uh, so I think those are my hell. I, I you know I'd even pick Nathan Shepard at 26, probably above a guard. So those would probably be the big three in, in the interior that I would look at if I'm the Atlanta Falcons. I I wonder if Maurice Hurst is going to be there because Maurice Hurst tape obviously he shows a lot of a lot of flashes, almost you know a top 20 guy before obviously the medical. Thing came out of the combine where he almost had a heart condition, but now he's okay. We know some teams aren't going to view him the same, though, because that even came out. I wonder if the Falcons are one of them. But, I mean, the, the connection between Taven Bryan, a guy who can one-gap that well with the kind of scheme that Dan Quinn has. A lot of people like to say the Florida connection, but obviously he never played at Florida when Dan Quinn was there. That was a long time ago. But I still think it makes sense. I, I think that Taven Bryant does have, you know, Daniel Jeremiah called it a sweet spot not too long ago for Taven Bryan. I think that's right, and I think that if he makes it to 26, Taven Bryan would be the pick. 
So let's give the Falcons David Bryan at 26. And in round two at 58 overall, I see several options for the Falcons. Uh, they could get like another tight end if like Dallas Goddard or Mike Jasicki are there. Uh, or another wide receiver to help complement Julio Jones, or a interior offensive lineman if one they like is there, or even another cornerback to play opposite of Desmond Trufant and move Robert Alford to the slot. Yeah, no, those are, I think those are all good options for them. I think some some name options in there. Billy Price, if we're talking about interior. I think probably Mark Andrews, if we're talking about a tight end, even though that might be a little bit early for him, we would have to see. Perhaps if Mike Gusecki is still there, obviously he's more of a vertical dude. And then for cornerbacks, it depends kind of what they're looking at. Uh, you know, whether Mike Hughes is there, I think that's a little bit of a stretch at this point. Carlton Davis is a little bit different of a style. Dante Jackson might be something there, but I think Jackson would be more of the third round pick if they're wanting something like that. So I think the Falcons are a team that pretty much prioritizes a lot of their trench play, and that's probably why they've been so successful. So I think that they're going defensive line in round one. A guy like Billy Price, a guy who could play any of the spots on the interior, makes a lot of sense for them round two if he's still there. Oh, yes, especially if teams are a little concerned that he might not be ready for the season, given that uh, partially torn peck he suffered at the Combine. Billy Price could definitely fall to 58. So we'll give them Billy Price just for the sake of it. And at round three, at pick 90 overall, uh, wide receiver, tight end, or um, or or a cornerback, uh, who, who would you take here? I think I'm going to give him a quarterback, or a, a corner, not quarter. Sorry. <laughs> I think I am going to give him Dante Jackson. I, I love Jackson's kind of tenacity, the style that he plays with. I think it goes along pretty well with the way that the Falcons play. I think that he would fit in good with that DB group, and I think he'd be a pretty good round three selection. As long as they're upgrading the trenches first, you know, they can get a wide receiver of their preference at different spots. And you can't often get a guy with Jackson's speed in the third round, and though. You know, he gives up a decent amount of height. Depending on where you're going to play him, he could be a guy that is really a force for your team. I know he's great off the blitz, too. The Falcons enjoy doing that a good amount. So I think he's a good selection if he gets around three for them. Yes, uh, plus with his 40 times, speed is what Dan Quinn loves the most with his defense. And uh, he would be very fitting for the Falcons. And last but not least, round four pick 126. I think you got to take your playmaker here, tight end or wide receiver. I think there should be some good uh, day three values here. Yeah, I agree with you there. Obviously, that's a long way to project which kind of wide receivers are going to be left. I'm not, you know, Troy Fumagalli is probably the only tight end that's going to be around there that that you would want, depending on if they want him. But I also love the idea of Deontay Burnett being in an Atlanta Falcons uniform. I know Bucks fans, I know if they're listening to, they don't like that as much. But either of those guys, I think, are playmakers. What I think the Falcons would probably do, I think Deontay Burnett's probably a better fit for what the Falcons are going to do. So um, let's give him Deontay Burnett in the fourth round. Deontay Burnett, Sam Donald's favorite target at USC, goes to the Falcons in round four, pick 126 in this uh, draft hall. And last but not least, the reigning division champion, New Orleans Saints. And when you look at the Saints, uh, their, dare I say, unicorn draft class last year, because you rarely have a draft class this yeah, special, yeah. That, like the one they had last year with Marshawn Lattimore, defensive rookie of the year, and Ryan Ramchick will be a staple at right tackle or left tackle for that team for a decade plus in round one. Marcus Williams, yes, uh, despite his role in the Minnesota Miracle, he still had one of the best rookie seasons of uh, any recent safety last year. And obviously, offensive rookie of the year, Alvin Kamara in round four. That was a special draft class that has put the Saints in position to make a run at one more championship with Drew Brees over these next one to two, if not three seasons. But 
The Saints have to start thinking about Drew Brees' future a little bit here, if not a lot. Drew Brees is 39 years old. And when he was on our program back in early March, the great Eric Galco of Optimum Scouting said that the Saints would be the best fit, in his opinion, for Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson falls within the Saints' range, should the Saints do whatever it takes to get him? Man, if Lamar is still there at 27, which... I have a hard time believing that he would be there at 27. Then, then I'm with you. I think that Lamar Jackson is, and I'm with Eric. I, I think that Lamar getting to sit behind a guy like Drew Brees, I mean, it, it couldn't be a better situation. Sure, their styles might clash a little bit, but can you imagine Lamar Jackson in a year or two, probably two years, taking over this Saints offense with a hint of Drew Brees now in his brain? I mean, like that's kind of that's kind of a, a seriously ideal scenario. I just don't think Lamar Jackson lasts as long. If he does, I think he'd be a great pick at 27. But if not, I'm thinking linebacker is probably where the Saints end up going. I think Rashawn Evans is really a prime target of a guy who could really make an impact. For whatever reason, man, I think that Evans is getting is getting slept on a little bit in this class. I don't know if it's just because we have Alabama linebacker fatigue, you know, with Ragland and and and, and all those guys coming out the the last couple of years, but. But Evans can play. I think Evans can play, and I think he'd play right away. I think he'd be a great linebacker fit for that aggressive Saints defense. And so, I mean, if it ain't Lamar Jackson, I think they're going linebacker. I think Rashawn Evans is a good pick. So let's give them Rashawn Evans at 27, since I also believe it's highly doubtful the Saints uh, would be able to nab Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson should definitely go in the early teens, if not sooner, if there's a bidding war up to, say, uh, pick 8 with the Bears or pick 10 with the Raiders. Both of those teams are angling to trade down, and the team that winds up trading down to those two, that pick could end up being Lamar Jackson as we know it. So Rashad Evans at 27 at uh, round three, pick 91. Uh, I was going to say wide receiver for the Saints, but the Bears, for some reason, did not match the offer sheet they gave Cameron Meredith. Then Cameron Meredith uh, plugs a big hole in that offense, giving them that uh, second wide receiver to play opposite of uh, Michael Thomas with Ted Ginn in the slot. But they tried to sign Jimmy Graham in free agency, but he decided that I'm going to play with my third different quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. So, <laughs> and, uh, Josh Hill uh, is not the best guy you want at the top of your tight end depth chart. So if like a Mark Andrews or even a Mike Jasicki, if he falls this far, given his inability to block, is here, I think the Saints have to pull the trigger on a tight end here. I think those are definitely some options. Um, and if that's the, you know, the way that they're going to go, I think that's a, that's a fine way to do it. I think Mark Andrews, obviously a tight end who's played much more in a spread system. Obviously a big body dude, though, has a, you know, he has a knack for scoring touchdowns, knack for being a red zone guy, knack for getting the end zone. I think that's a big deal. It's something that a lot of people overlook is the fact that you know how natural are you getting into the end zone, scoring six points. I think that's a big deal. And and when you're so as used to it as Mark Andrews is in that Oklahoma offense, I think that that's a, a smoother transition to an offense like, say, the Saints have. So uh, I'm totally cool with giving a Mark Andrews here if you are. I am, but I also have two other positions of need in mind. The safety position, yes, you got Marcus Williams, but Kenny Vaccaro uh, is still unsigned. Uh, he still hasn't signed with any team, but I don't think the Saints yep. would have the cap space to bring him back. You need to find a replacement for him to play the box safety role. So uh, pick 91, uh, if this class has a lot of good safeties that should be available here. I actually think Kaiser White would be my guy here for for the Saints. He was a player who did play strong safety at West Virginia. He was at the Senior Bowl this year. It was a lower DB class at the Senior Bowl. Not a lot of star-studded names, but I thought Kaiser White really showed out. They played him in some single-high situations. They played him in some nickel-man coverage. They played him at his natural strong safety position. 
But I and I thought he did great at all of it. So he was one of the standouts for me at the Senior Bowl. And as a late day two guy, I really like the idea of Kaiser White. So I mean, if they're going to go DB, if they're going to go safety, yeah, he's an option here for the Saints too. Oh, Kazir White, uh, he was one of the most impressive uh, defensive players I saw in Mobile myself, man. Uh, he definitely immediately stood out to me on the first day of practices, and uh, plus his bloodlines, his older brother Kevin with the Chicago Bears, and uh, his uh, brother Karan, I think that's his name, also a wide receiver that could be as like a seventh-round pick undrafted free agent. Uh, Kazir White, if as long as... Uh, Health is kinder to him than has been to Kevin so far. He he could be a very, very solid football player for many years for wherever he lands. So Kazir White in round three, we gave him Rashawn Evans in round one. We just added two promising young pieces to a rising star defense. And at 127 overall, do we give Drew Brees another playmaker or do we take a chance on a potential quarterback of the future here? No, I think that they're going to go playmaker actually. And you know what? Round four. I have no idea what his stock is. I have no idea where he's going to go. But if he is here at round four, I could see the Saints being the team and Sean Payton being the coach to pick a guy like Antonio Callaway. I, I truly have no idea where he's going to go. Mike Mayock talked about him having day, you know, he he talked about him having some day one tape with undraftable off the field baggage. You know, if you put those things together, early round th- or early day three, late day two could be an option for him. And there aren't too many teams that could, I think could really use Antonio Callaway well right off the bat, but I think the Saints would be one of them. And so um, even though they just signed Cam Meredith, I think they're still going to go the playmaker route. Sean Payton has always been a guy who is like, hey, if you can make plays on the ball, if you can score me points, I'm going to get you on my team. And so I think that Antonio Callaway would be a legitimate option for the Saints uh, at the beginning of day three. Interesting, man. Antonio Callaway was the name I immediately thought of when you were describing the player you would take here, man. Good minds think alike. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Trevor Sikama, NFL draft analyst and Tampa Bay Buccaneers insider for PewterReport.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. And Trevor, thank you so much for donating your time and your knowledge to the program. And we hope to have you on in the near future. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Thanks, Trevor. We enjoyed having you. And that's all for today here on Sports Crunch with D-Crom. Stay tuned for the remainder of our Dash to the Draft extravaganza this week. Also, be sure to check out the episode archive, including our 100th episode special with longtime NFL scout Greg Gabriel, as well as an up-to-date blog of mine at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that is Crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Trevor, especially since there's never an off-season for talking football. For Trevor Sycamore, our producer Chris Broadhead, this is David Cromwell saying so. So long, and of course, stay awesome.